0: Hello and welcome to the Soundstage Audiophile podcast. In this second season of the show, host Jordan Goof is joined by a new guest each episode who knows something about hi-fi that Jordan doesn't. And who knows, while he's learning about all of this, you might learn something
1: too. So with no further ado, here's Jordan and this week's guest. Hello and welcome back to the Soundstage Audiophile Podcast. Uh, my name is Jordan Guth, and this episode, Dennis Berger is joining us. He is a soundstage editor uh, and also the producer for this podcast. So, welcome, Dennis. Yeah. Thank you for joining Thanks. me.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say thanks for having me, but I'm the one who made you do it. So <laughs> you had <That's> cool. me. <laughs> thanks,
1: thanks for listening to me when I told <laughs> you to have me on your podcast. Yeah, I, I really appreciate <laughs> having you on, uh, and I'm sure the listeners like the the friendly, familiar voice. Yeah, yeah. So, what are we so, talking about this week, man? So this week, um, and this is actually interesting because a lot of the time uh, we talk before and after the podcast recordings. And I, I don't remember if this was the first podcast or another one. You sent me a link to an article that you wrote, mm-hmm. and it was The Moon by Sim Audio Has Exited the Echo Chamber. Yeah. And a lot of what's covered in that article is this really interesting insight about how um, a particular audio company, Sim Audio, Um, was showing up in more mainstream content, more mainstream media Mm -hmm. uh, as part of their advertisement endeavors and and part of their marketing endeavors. Yeah, part of the reason
0: that I put this in your inbox is because I really, I was really drawn into the conversation that you and Doug had in, in the first episode that you did about just brand awareness and your exposure to Kef and how, you know, you're exposed to all of these brands that maybe you wouldn't have organically come across in your life and that sort of develops, you know, I think you've got a bit of a, 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 a what what would be called a brand loyalty to CAF, right? Absolutely. And so that's yep. why I wanted to put this in front of you because what you were talking about was a lot of what I talked about with Etienne Gaultier of, of SIM Audio. And so that's why I put that article in front of you. And then I realized like almost none of my conversation with Etienne actually ended up in that article because (laughs) uh, here's the weird thing. And maybe this is a little bit of sausage making that people don't care about. But, you know, when I'm writing an article like this. I don't really decide ahead of time. Am I going to write a, a like a prose article? Is this going to be a Q&A whatever? A lot of times it just comes down to I get the material. I look at it. I see what works. And what I realized with this conversation with Etienne was – to do it as a Q&A, it would have been like three times the word budget that we normally yeah. have, like to, to get the point across, because it was it was a point that unfolded, you know, across quite a long conversation. And so I had to break that up and put it in more to, you know, sort of a prose written piece. But like I said, it left this longer conversation that was like 30 minutes that I ended up While I was producing the podcast months and months and months ago, and I was learning how to do that, I took this interview with Etienne and edited it just as practice, just so like when I was, when Brent couldn't do the editing and mastering and stuff like that, I could step in. And this piece of audio was my scratch sheet. This is what I practiced on. But then I gave it to you and I was like, hey, should we run this? (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, because I think it was a cool conversation. And
1: and I think it's like super relevant, super fascinating, because this is literally bringing hi-fi to the mainstream. And Mm -hmm. it's exposing people to hi-fi that may not have ever heard about these brands or anything like that. And I I was really intrigued by the conversation um, and how it kind of went and where Sim Audio is in their kind of marketing and their thought process behind why they chose this particular program. And I think that would be interesting for people to hear. So, yeah. Let's talk about the program for a minute, yes. because yeah. the
0: program is a program called Baumgartner Restoration. And I would say, uh, you know, of all the stuff that my wife and I watch, this is probably one of our top three shows. And it is this really amazing. Julian Baumgartner is uh, the the largest uh, private art conservator in the U.S. He's in Chicago. He does not work for a museum, which most art conservators do. So he you know, is going to restore the painting that, you know, you found in your granddad's attic that you found out is worth $20 million. And you're like, crap, let's restore this thing or whatever. But this is artwork that you normally would not get to see otherwise, because it's not hanging in museums. It's in people's private collections. So I love it for that respect to get him, get to see him doing all of this restoration work, which is an amazing process. But you know, it's an online show, and so their advertisers are all of this sort of the usual suspects—the you know Magellan TV and the, yeah. the Trade Coffee—and just all of these these advertisers that you expect to see on YouTube. And then all of a sudden, Moon by Sim Audio comes in, yeah. and 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 Julian has got an Ace system with a pair of Voice Twenty Two speakers, and I was just like, whoa. This is weird. <laughs> like, I'm not used to seeing hi-fi presented to such a mainstream audience. And it was it was interesting for me. So that's why I wanted to talk to Etienne.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, without further ado, let's go ahead and listen to the interview that you had with Etienne and uh, come back, add some thoughts and uh, dissect some of what uh, he said and, and apply that to how hi-fi and marketing come together. What do you say?
0: Very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. So let's do that. Joining me today, I, I have to admit, I'm, I'm sort of so taken aback by this ad that I saw that I'm writing a story about it. And so <laughs> cool. I wanted to dive in, but first to give you a little bit of background, you know, my wife and I, you know, there's a concept called appointment television, where you know you set aside dedicated time every week to watch a specific show, you know, yeah. as close as possible to. And we don't have a lot of that anymore, but Baumgartner Restoration is one of the shows that every Monday evening when my wife gets home from work, we're going to sit down with supper. We're going to watch that show. And you know, Julian has all of these different advertisers and sponsors and, yeah. you know, from coffee to, you know, streaming platforms. And we sat down to watch this episode and it's mooned by some audio. And I just it was so, I was so shocked by that, that like I had <laughs> to pause it. I, and it's like, wait a minute, this hobby that I love so much, high performance audio I'm not used to it getting any mainstream attention. I am not used to it being accepted as normal. I'm used to it being treated as this sort of niche thing. Whereas, you know, when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s, you know, you would flip through the pages of a magazine and see ads for hi-fi, you know, for what it was at the age. And somewhere along the way, it just became not normal. And 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 so I guess what I wanted to do was pick your brain and, and say like, you know, you have a limited advertising budget. Um, yeah. you, you have to pick and choose where you're spending money on sponsorships and ads and things like that. Why yeah. Baumgartner Restoration? Why did you go?
2: Why did you go to this show about you know a private art conservator? Okay, so for me to you, I want to explain to you a little bit of background for our, you know, marketing strategy and where we're coming from. And, you know, so probably, you know, our company Sim Audio, because we're in business for 40 years. We do the Moon Brands, uh, you know, before that we had Celeste and before again, Sima. And for a long, long time in our his- history, we were some kind of uh, very traditional in terms of marketing, uh, you know, company, I would say in the industry. So basically... Uh, posters shows uh, magazine ads reviews and that's it that was the whole marketing we were doing and uh, almost nine years ago the company was bought back uh, by two employees and a new partner and obviously they wanted to modernize the company and the way we were doing things and uh, you know in order to make the company grow you know so we developed new products, so the Ace All-in-One, the Mind Technology, the 390. So that was for product. But obviously, if you develop such products, you need to develop the marketing that goes with it. So obviously, we, we changed our image, we changed our logo, we changed the website, we changed the way we... We speak, we present ourselves, we change the value of the company. Uh, so we changed, you know, many, many core things of the marketing itself. And uh so at the beginning we tackled you know the uh, the biggest things, which were you know, websites, stuff like this. And then we moved to new marketing strategies, so social media campaigns. And uh, you know, so when we did that, we actually defined three uh personas that uh you know we address in terms of marketing. So first persona is actually you know a man over 50, uh, which for hi-fi is a hobby and spend a lot of money, you know, on uh I would say classic components. The second persona is younger. 40 45 uh can be a woman and uh buying high performance audio with because they usually have a high revenue they have much more interested in the music than, you know, into the technology related to it. They like it, you know, as a performance system, but they are less into like understanding how it works. What they want is the result and uh, what is best for their music and fitting their environment, you know, like in terms of design, features and everything. And the third persona is uh, what we call the Henrys. So it's a high earner, not rich yet. So uh, those ones, we consider them as future customers. So for now, they're not buying from us, but from time to time, we address them with a marketing strategy. For example, we... Made. We did a partnership with the Bel Air TV show, which is a a US TV show, uh, um, a new version of uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but on a more drama uh, way. Oh, I Uh, didn't. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 had two systems in the show. One in Uncle Phil's office, which was a reference system, and one in Carlton's uh, room, which was an ace with a Pearl Voice Twenty Two. So you know. We we attack those uh that third persona with actions like this. Uh like they, they see the moon brand, they are attracted to it, but they don't have the money yet to to buy it. But they're gonna remember that that was the system they saw in Bel Air. And at some point, if someday they want to buy, you know, a hi-fi system with a bit of luck, they're gonna remember that, oh, that was the system that that I saw in Tubelair and Possibly buying
0: it. You know, it would be really easy for people to dismiss that as effective, but I'm sort of thinking back to 20 years ago or so, and most of my friends who are not into audio, Mm -hmm. the reason that they were aware of the existence of Martin Logan speakers is because Joey and Chandler had them on Friends, you know?
2: (laughs) so yeah big time big time and uh you know and 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 i'm and i'm sure of that and the 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 other thing is that obviously we're we're you know in our industry we have superb relationship with with many you know uh partners and Sunstage is is one of them of course and we did some great videos lately and and superb stuff and and that's great because you know uh, it's innovative, you know, making more videos and interesting stuff uh, for in terms of marketing. And I think you know this is where we we have to go. Um, on on the other th- on the other side of things, uh, m- my point of view on that is that obviously most of my marketing budget is going to actions that I know that will pay back immediately, but also. I wanna try new things i wanna i, w- I wanna try differently from the rest of the industry mm-hmm. and uh then, with the marketing team i we we were like, okay, let's uh define who we want to address so obviously we wanted to address our personnel number two, which is the potential you know uh forty ish something. Persona, male and female, uh, you know, audience uh, that had a good revenue and that could might, you know, get into hi-fi for the first time or already into the hi-fi, you know, world, knowing it a little bit. And uh, we were like, okay, what do they like in also in life. So obviously, you know, you have the common, you know, answers, wines, whiskey, cigars, cars, uh, watches, and stuff like this. And, and one of them was art. And, uh, and then when we mentioned that, uh, because I'm also following, uh, Julian's, uh, you know, YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, there's this fantastic guy that I like very much. And, uh, what I like about Julian is the fact that when he does a partnership with the brand he actually creates something that's you know that is Julian all his videos are so well done uh, you know in terms of you know imaging and everything that you know it's it's just got an, it's just going to align with with who we are in terms of quality and then obviously there was the whole aspect of it, like his job is actually to take piece of art and restore them to give them uh, to give their uh, beauty back, I would say. And you know what we're We're pretty much doing the same thing when when you listen to to music into your car, and most of the people are you know doing this, uh, they actually have a very partial you know, uh, listening of what they're listening. Mm-hmm. And our job as a hi-fi company and as Moon is trying to transmit the most from the artist to the listener. And, and Julian is actually doing the same thing. You know, his job is actually to take what the artist created, you know, put it back at the right place with the right, uh, you know, presentation for... The viewer to actually enjoy it at this at its you know uh, peak of you know beauty. Yeah, he always says I don't want
0: people to see my work. I want them to be able to look past my work and see the painting.
2: You know exactly, exactly. And uh, and you know we're, we're doing the same thing, which is great. So we were kind of you know very aligned in terms of mentality, and so we decided to contact Julian. And uh, he wanted to understand why we contacted him. And so we explained. And we said, you know, Julian, it's our first complete system. It's the first time we're doing speakers and everything. And I think your story relates a lot to, to ours. And, uh, and it was like, oh, yeah. Totally. I totally get it. So he actually, you know, came back with a story that he wrote about jazz music and uh, abstract art and everything, Mm -hmm. which we found fantastic. And then uh, he shot some videos. We had some, you know, back and forth sessions with him and then uh, he did it. And uh, we were super happy with the results. And, uh, and yeah, obviously, you know, Julian has a huge, uh, crew following him on, on YouTube. So, I mean, some of his videos have
0: 6 million views. I mean, he's got 1.6 million subscribers. That's,
2: you know, that's as mainstream as things get these days, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And, and he explained it to us, like, you know what guys, I'm, I'm not taking all the, the partnership that are offered to me. I want to select the partnership and the companies I'm working with. Mm. And, uh, you know, because it needs to relate to what I'm doing and who I am and everything. So, you know, it's, it's really interlinked to who we are and how we see things, you know? So it was kind of a natural match in between him and and us. So, So, one of the and, things that surprised
0: me was uh-huh. some of the some of the language that he used in the in the ad. There are there are things that I would not expect to have have been directed toward a sort of mass market audience talking about waveguides, talking about crossovers, things like that. How, what was the conversation like that led to that? Did that come more from him or more from you or, or what?
2: No, a, li- a little bit from us, because obviously, you know, uh, talking about waveguides and crossover and stuff like this was a bit more in the path of showing that uh, we we know what we're talking about and we are a technology company. Hmm. Uh, you know, at some point we needed to show that we're, we're different. It's not just a regular technology of hi-fi system you're seeing here. It's something that it's, you know quite advanced in terms of technology. So bringing, you know, some words like this, actually, you know, I think generate interests from, you know, newer consumers to hi-fi, you know, in terms of, oh, those guys, they have developed, you know, multiple things for it. So, you know, I'm, I'm I'm actually curious about it. So you know that uh, it's interesting to me because I do write for
0: some mainstream publications, you know, mass market publications. Uh-huh. Wow. And I I write about audio for them, and it's funny when I try to bring in language like that, it's always struck down by my higher level editors. People don't know what this means. But I I was just curious like w- was there ever any was there ever any pushback about that? Was there ever any
2: hesitancy to go there or <laughs> Obviously, sometimes we have discussions about that. But uh, you know, with Julian, it was like, you know, in his videos, he, he uses, you know, many, many terms that someone who didn't watch his previous videos could wonder what, what he's talking about. You know, the, uh, the <laughs> Eat wave table, the <laughs> impastos, you know, all Washicozo, that. Washikozo, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, you're like, what is this guy is talking about? But, but at some point, you know, um okay, you, you understand that you're watching a you know someone that it's technical and explaining explaining you uh the technicality of his work. Mm-hmm. And and at some point, this is also a part of who we are, you know, we're not building simple speakers, we're building high technology speakers and high electron high technology electronics. So um the point was also to demonstrate that. Going forward, as you continue to try to reach
0: this new audience, yeah. do you think uh, shows like Baumgartner Restoration are going to continue to be part of the equation? Or are you looking to branch out in multiple different directions? And if so, like, what other kind of places are you thinking of trying to reach those customers? How are you going to get to the
2: Obviously, you know, and 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 the experience we have with Julian uh, is still fresh for us. So obviously, we're still, you know, looking at the uh, the, the the KPIs and and everything. But uh, I think you know, it's just a start for us. I think we're gonna we're gonna continue probably with Julian, you know, on other level of performance eventually, and because it's gonna be like what I what I find interesting with Julian is that we could upgrade him his electronic and, you know, he would have a story to tell about it, you know, keeping the voice 22, having better electronics. And it was, it would have something to say about enhancing the, the experience, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because as, as you mentioned uh, earlier, you know, the marketing was, is, and still very, very classic in terms of, the global of the industry, uh, the hi-fi industry. And and usually everybody's talking about performance, quality of their, you know, how they build units and, and technologies. And uh, and at the end, uh, you know, I, I think it's not just that. I think it's uh, also the, uh, how do you enjoy it? How do you... Uh, like to listen to your music and at the end you can have the best technology uh, in, in the world if you don't have fun you don't have fun and we have to have fun we have to have fun working yes. and, uh, and and you know at some point you need to see that in your marketing and communication that uh, you are just not building boxes they are actually music lovers having fun doing what they do and again you know finding um, little spots that uh, nobody is looking at but actually will be very powerful for us and I think Julian is the exact example of that I think so too uh, I think
0: so too I absolutely agree oh Etienne I thank you so much for for, uh, talking to me about this and um And yeah, I I can't wait to talk to you again soon.
2: Oh, no problem.
0: I actually wanted to turn the tables on you and interview you here, Jordan, because like, Ooh. you know, the the reason that I put this interview in front of you and the reason I sent that article to you was some of the stuff that you said, like I said in your first episode about just brand awareness and, and what companies are doing to make people aware of their, of their branding. So what do you think about SimAudio's efforts? Do you think a program like Baumgartner Restoration is a good place to reach People who might not know about hi fi, do you think, do you, you know, what do you think about some, what are some of the other brands you're doing to reach a general audience? Do you think it's having an impact? Do you think it's the right move? Like, what do you think about it?
1: So, um, One of the things that Etienne said, and I I think it's really valuable to know your audience, he was talking about um, kind of the comparison about who would watch this content to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. And he was talking about, well, they might be interested in, uh, I think he mentioned like high-end wine and all these other things. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking at those type of people, well, high-end audio, hi-fi kind of makes sense. Like it fits that lifestyle. So Mm -hmm. I think they nailed it in terms of their audience. I, and I don't know. I haven't asked them about this, and, and maybe this could be an interesting follow up. Maybe we could Etienne on the show or something like that to to kind of dig in a little bit and see if they've actually had the the results that they were expecting long term uh, from that engagement. But I got to hand it to Etienne and the the Sim Audio team because I think they really nailed the audience that were they were looking to engage with this. Yeah.
0: You know, what's funny is I know most people think of watching YouTube as you're watching it on your phone or a tablet or a computer yep. or something like that. No, I my wife and I watch it in our home theater through Roku Ultra. Right. So I normally don't see the comments section on shows like this. Right. Because it's it's like I'm having a, a big 10 foot experience. I'm not having a mobile experience or desktop experience. But when I was writing this article, I thought I'm going to go to the comments section and see if anybody else noticed And a lot of people did. They were like, oh, this is really cool. Or some people already knew about, you know, some audio. And they were like, hey, wow, glad to see some audio advertising here. So there was a there was a range of reactions, too. But also what's funny is as I was digging back through the archives, I didn't see any other episode where anybody made any reference to the sponsor of the show, like you know when Squarespace sponsors Baumgartner Restoration. I don't see people going, "Oh, I built a website with Squarespace," <laughs> right? But with Sim Audio, people were responding to it, reacting to it. So I, I think that's. I think you're right. I think you're onto something. I think it's
1: interesting. Yeah. Now your your reference of Squarespace is super fascinating because Squarespace is kind of known that the joke is like you don't have a podcast. Unless Unless Squarespace sponsors it, <laughs> they, they I guess have, we don't
0: have a podcast. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: we, we, we don't have a podcast. Squarespace is going to be calling yeah. us up anytime. But it's this idea that Squarespace has this real shotgun approach of mm-hmm. of how they market, and they have the money, they have the budget to do that, right? They can just throw yeah. their name around everywhere and and hope that uh, the podcast is relevant to somebody. Now, sim audio, high end audio companies, they might be selling very high end products. Sometimes the margins actually aren't there. Like you might be surprised with some of these high end audio companies, how much money they actually have set aside for marketing. Mm-hmm. So they do need to be more precise in how they market. Um, it seems like they really struck a chord with the audience that they were going after. And I think so what you were saying about the comment section really, uh, really highlights that. Now, uh, there, there's a lot. One, the fact that you watch YouTube as kind of, um, like a a main source of entertainment and it might just be me. Like I always consider YouTube uh, as like a how to engagement Mm. medium or like a um, like quick reviews. I don't Mm. usually think of it as like long form entertainment.
0: My wife and I are really big into UK quiz shows and panel shows, right? Oh yeah. And you know, they don't show those here. Even if you have BritBox or BBC America or anything like that, they're not showing those here, but. They're on YouTube. Like somebody's always uploading them to YouTube. And, you know, so we watch Would I Lie to You? And, and that's how we discovered Taskmaster, which is our favorite show because the people who are making the show Taskmaster thought we could reach a bigger audience if we just put our episodes on YouTube. Right. And so they're a little behind. Right. Like now you're getting full episodes from last year. Right. Got but it. they're on YouTube. And, <laughs> you know, I would say that 75% of what we watch in our home theater is YouTube. And my dad yeah. these days, since cutting the cord, I would say ninety percent of what he watches is YouTube, and yeah, and it's in his media room and it's on Roku. So yeah, yeah, really good stuff.
1: Yeah, that, that's absolutely fascinating. So maybe one of the takeaways there is for these brands not only trying to get into the more kind of mainstream stuff, but maybe this is an example of how you can reach your desired audience in other non-traditional ways, like YouTube content. Look, YouTube is.
0: I think hi-fi coverage is exploding on YouTube. My, My dear friend Steve Guttenberg has just huge success with his YouTube channel, The Audiophiliac, and you've got all sorts of people who are doing these wonderful things on YouTube in terms of audiophile coverage, Aaron's Audio Corner, Danny Ritchie, um, uh, cheap audio man all of these people are making amazing content but they are already drinking the kool-aid and i don't mean that in yeah. a derogatory way i don't mean it's a cult it's just they're already hooked that's yeah. what they're about Baumgartner restoration has nothing to do with audiophilia or hi-fi yeah. it is mainstream it is people who like art i mean you know that's pretty much everybody people who like process and to see him going hey like uh yeah, this cool stereo system, right? And this is just like a part of my life now. And for him not to be a hobbyist, right, and yet still be able to discuss the virtues of having this high-performance stereo system in his studio, you don't have to be in the club to enjoy the products, right? And yeah. I, I felt that was the big takeaway message for me. It just normalizes it.
1: Yeah, well, that's it. It normalizes it. Now, do you think he appreciated the audio as much before he heard the the sim audio setup like do you think, think this he, is I a th- newfound love for it or is it uh
0: i think he mentioned before like and i think if you watch old episodes you see like you just got a bluetooth speaker in the background like it's just like a little you know bluetooth speaker that you could hold in one hand throwing it on a table or something like that right and from what i understand from talking to etienne like not on the record, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but I am anyway. He's like, yeah, it's like we approached him and it took a little convincing. And and part of that convincing, I think, was sending him a system going, Hey, check this out, listen to it. And so it's my impression, however accurate that is, I don't know. I wasn't there, but it's my impression that his reactions to this gear and and how he actually incorporated it into his space and how he actually used it were all very genuine. So yeah. it was just a matter of exposure. This was not something he prioritized. It was not something he was really exposed to. But the company said, hey, check out the system. And he checked out the system and went, oh, oh, there's value in this, right? (laughs) Like This is actually enhancing my life. So that was that was one of my big takeaways from it all.
1: Now, now, an interesting question, and you probably know this because you continue to watch the shows. Do the speakers make like, are they still there? Basically, they are. Okay. They
0: are, but, they're, but they, no, no attention is drawn to them. They've become yeah, yeah, yeah. part yeah, yeah. of the studio and, you know, you will see him playing music or whatever. But yeah, no, it's just it is just part of the aesthetic of the show now.
1: Well, so. and, and that's an interesting point because it's authentic, right? Like he is authentically enjoying those speakers. He's probably mm-hmm. listening to them on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It, it's not this um, one and done marketing.
0: Yeah. Like, let me ask you a question, Jordan. We've established the fact that I'm elderly. So, you know, my viewing tastes <laughs> maybe, maybe don't align completely with the audience that I'm trying to reach, but you are the audience that I'm trying to reach with Soundstage Access. Like you are my yeah. target reader. So say some audio decided, you know what, we don't want to reach Dennis. We wanna reach Jordan. Like, what are you watching? Do you watch like you've already said you don't really think of YouTube as, you know, on par with other maybe streaming video services, but like wh- where would they
1: reach you? So I, I'd like to think that I watch kind of a, a great deal of different content. Um, I am a big star Wars nerd. Uh, so um, I don't know that, uh, that Etienne would be able to reach me in my star Wars content yeah i don't think we're gonna see
0: the, the 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 ace all in one player on the next episode of the mandalorian so. no no no, no. <laughs> although you know what
1: there there could be some tie-ins with some of these like really futuristic looking hi-fi speakers and stuff like that i don't know oh, you know where it might make a good appearance would be like
0: in uh in Andor, because Andor has got an aesthetic that is very, very rooted in real places, real locations, real architecture, and they, you know, try to make it look more exotic or what have you. But yeah, I could see it's the everyday of the
1: Republic. It's the, yeah, yeah. I could see the
0: background of like of Andor season two. So yeah, maybe like a Nautilus
1: speaker or something like that, that just looks so wild and you might not even like associate it to be a speaker. But that you is see the it?
0: sort of thing that you could see in Mon Mothma's apartment. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, OK, yeah. So, Etienne, there you go. Free advice. Get on Star Wars. There you go. <laughs> Get on Star Wars. I'm sure it's
1: easy. Um, so there's the Star Wars aspect. Um, I was a real big fan of Netflix's Daredevil uh, mm. and Punisher series. Yeah. I, I think those would be um, more contemporary places that I can actually imagine seeing some of that high end stuff. They're bringing
0: Daredevil back, man. I know. I'm yeah. so
1: excited. I'm yeah. very, very excited about that. Me too. Um, I'm curious to see who of the cast actually sticks around and who they're going to try and sub out if they're going to um, kind of keep it in the same universe or if they're kind of presenting this as an alternate universe. Very I'm, actually,
0: I'm actually more interested in whether or not they're going to keep the behind-the-scenes team the same because I have to say, whoever their fight coordinator their is. Cor- that, their choreography that fight, was insane. The hallway the f- fight the hallway fight the first time you put something in costume is just like one of the most that i would rather watch that than ballet any yeah. day of the week oh. because it is the most beautiful choreography i've ever seen but yeah slip some speakers in the background there it makes For sense sure. that murdoch is uh, blind so his entire
1: experience is 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 audio right it would be a perfect tie-in I, there you go you know what that's actually a really good point i feel like matt murdoch has the means he mm-hmm. has the i mean he He can't see, but he does seem to have the aesthetic taste. When you look at Mm. his apartment, everything looks really cool and like trendy and all that. So, yeah, Sim Audio, get uh, get one of the the big amps in there and and hook up a cool set of speakers. I think that would be a cool tie in. But here's the question. Yeah. Does it matter in
0: the end? Do you think it's enough to do you think it's enough to entice people? Would it entice you?
1: So uh, and there's different goals in different marketing endeavors, right? Like there's this idea that, uh, sometimes, uh, companies do advertisement, uh, or marketing, uh, programs for brand awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they do it for specific product awareness. Sometimes they do it, uh, just to reinvigorate or, or kind of reshare the voice and the concept and, and the beliefs of the company. Yeah. So I, I do see value in putting money behind marketing and putting it, in different places when you have an emotional connection to anything, whether it be mm-hmm. music, whether it be an image, artwork, um, content in general, when you have that emotional connection and you see things that are part of that emotional connection that develops in you, that that is something that you tie to that connection. So a great example of that, and you kind of mentioned it earlier, my, my, uh, love letter to Kef, where I, I just, I, I'm really attached to that brand. Well, yeah. that experience that I had listening to those blades that first time, like that stuck with me. Like that kind of set my belief on what high end audio could be and mm-hmm. can be and, and all of that. So yeah, like tying that emotional connection that some people feel when they watch a show or uh, look at paint restoration on a YouTube uh, <laughs> channel, like associating that um, connection with a brand, whether it be hi-fi or something else, can be extremely powerful. Yeah. In my opinion.
0: That's a really good point. It's a really good point. I got one last question for you before we wrap it up, Jordan. Yeah. What's the soundtrack to your life, buddy?
1: <laughs> so soundtrack to my life. Um, I am all over the place. I listen to a lot of <laughs> uh, heavy metal hmm? uh, a little bit of Slayer, a little bit of Megadeth, a little bit of uh, the the Panteras and, and kind of the really grungy stuff. Old school. Yeah. Old school. Okay. Yeah.
0: Do, you, do you mess with any Sepultura? Uh,
1: a little bit. Not like heavy. Like That not... was my
0: jam back in the day, Sepultura.
1: So uh, I think to give context here, a lot of this is coming from, um, I grew up BMXing. So hmm. trick biking, we got to travel the world and, and do some really cool stuff and a lot of that music ended up in the the bike videos that we made and and watched and all that stuff so there's that talking about emotional connection there's that tie-in that when i listen to these songs like it just gets me really excited and it puts me in this place where i'm i don't know 18 years old or 17 years old (laughs) or however old again uh doing these what some would call dumb things on a bike, but. Going forward, there's also the the songs that I listen to um, more recently. So I I do listen to a lot of the old uh, rock. I do listen to a lot of the grungy stuff that are Nirvana. But uh, after speaking to Jeff, I started listening to the churches, and I think like the the voice there is just absolutely beautiful. Um, but yeah, the, there's no particular soundtrack to my life. If you looked at my top played music, it would probably be some some of the heavy metal stuff. Yeah. Uh, But on a daily basis nowadays, um, it's much more varied. I'm much more looking at kind of a a range of things that kind of touch me emotionally and put me into uh, a good mood. I'll give you one to add to your rotation. Yeah. Uh, Honey Arani is probably the
0: soundtrack to my life right now. She is a Polish pianist, keyboard player. Oftentimes she will be surrounded by like three different types of keyboards. She'll move back and forth between them. She's got this style that's kind of... It's not really jazz. It's not really classical. It's it's kind of ambient, but not because it pulls your attention in, but it's got the vibe and the aesthetic of the ambient music. Uh, she does some vocals too, rarely, but she is, I'm obsessed with her right now. Honey it's Runny, H A N I A and the last name is R-A-N-I Honey Ronnie you, you gotta listen to her add her to the rotation so. I'm gonna
1: put this on my, my phone uh, for the plane ride alright buddy let's wrap this thing up man yeah. you gotta get on a plane I gotta jump on a plane
0: <laughs> yeah you got a few heavy weeks of travel and I, uh, I do not envy you a bit so
1: well I appreciate it and uh, we'll be back um, hopefully over the next couple of weeks and uh, we'll get a new guest on and we'll start a new conversation groovy. All right. Thanks, man. All the best, Dennis. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.